three on the way. Around and out, Wiggins tipping it in. What a play, what a beautiful follow-up. The doubters had a lot to say about the Warriors, and the Dubs only need one word to answer. Champions. Congratulations to the 2022 NBA champion, Golden State Warriors, from 95-7 The Game. Man, the big voice calling us out. God, they had a drop directed at you. Yeah, I know. Specifically. Unbelievable. That's awful that they would do that. Welcome in, everybody. Hour number two, Dan Devone and me, Jim Cozumore, with you. Here at your proud home of the Golden State Warriors, 95-7 the game. That was the melodious tones of my good friend Bob Fitzgerald. He was on the call. Tim Roy, unfortunately, came down with an illness, was not able to call that final game six. Great that Bob Fitzgerald got a chance to do it because Fitz has been with the team for 20-plus years and never gets to call the finals, right? Because it always goes to the network. And so it was really cool that Bob got a chance to do it. So Fitz gets in on the call. And he gets the championship call for the Dubs. All right, we've got some stuff that we want to get into here. And we can always get your phone calls at 888-957-9570. Big article in the Entertainment and Sports Programming Network website today. And it has to do with the Golden State Warriors and decisions that they have to make. Andrew Wiggins, Golden State Warriors free agents, voice desire to stay. Of course they do, right? You just want a championship. Uh, the article that was written by Kendra Andrews, she goes on to talk about Um, the players Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins doing an Instagram Live sharing the celebration to all their followers following the Game 6 championship. Poole looks at Wiggins and he says, quote, you're going to get a bag. And then Wiggins starts smiling and looks and says, no, we're going to get a bag. So what they mean is they've won a championship with a team that not everyone thought was going to win a championship. And Andrew Wiggins just had his best stretch of games as a professional athlete. And he's now in a position where he can get a new contract. Next year, he's under contract for $33 million. But they can sign him to an extension. So the Golden State Warriors have to make decisions on certain guys. Poole and Wiggins are two of them. If I throw it at you, Dan Devone, just instant reaction. If you are Joey Lightyears and Bob Myers, how do you approach Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins? You sign both of them. And what you do is you extend Wiggins, without a doubt, all right? He is now ensconced as part of, while it's the core, there is sort of this new member, right? Make way for, he's part of the foundation, I think. He's established himself as part of Draymond, Steph, Clay, and now you extend, you know, you extend it out to, to Andrew Wiggins after what he did in the NBA Finals. He's got that, that NBA championship Golden State Warrior DNA. Now, when it comes to Jordan Poole, as I understand it, he's still under contract. He's still under his rookie deal. And when he is available for free agency, he's a restricted free agent. So there isn't a sense of urgency there. So I don't think you necessarily have to pay both of them this offseason. Andrew Wiggins, yes. Kevon Looney, yes. And GP2, yes. And I think you can afford all of those guys. How do you do it? I don't know. Just get it done. Look at the Los Angeles Rams can sign every banana out there, whether it's re-upping Stafford and getting, you know, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, and Aaron Donald. Donald with the highest salary other than a quarterback in the National Football League. You know, OBJ's right around the corner. They got Allen Robinson, the wide receiver from the Best Bears. Best player from the Chicago Bears. You can figure this out, all right? You're smarter than I when it comes to this sort of stuff. Just get it done. A little bit of crossing the streams there, but I think most Warrior fans would agree And in essence, what you're saying is keep everyone together and run it back next year, right? That's what you're saying. You just won a title. 
Keep them together. Let's run it back. Well, why not? All right. How about if we use this theory? If you cross the streams and use the National Football League, I'm going to cross the streams and use the National Football League as the basis for where I'm going with this. You have to ask yourself, for Jordan Poole, is this the start of him being the next layer of centerpieces for this team? Or is he good because they have three other really talented guys? Andrew Wiggins, is he a centerpiece for moving forward? Is he the next layer of he's going to be one of the three most important warriors in the future, so we got to keep him around? He understands the infrastructure. Or is the reason he had the best year of his career because he's the fourth wheel on this car? He doesn't have to be one of the first three wheels. He's the fourth wheel. At times, he might even be the spare in the back trunk. That's why he had such a great year. And he decided to come in full force in the finals and did a phenomenal job. Those are the questions you have to ask yourself. And then, here's where I bring in the NFL. If I look at what the greatest franchise in NFL history, the San Francisco 49ers run by Bill Walsh did, the decision was you get rid of a guy one year too soon Mm -hmm. and not one year too late. If you've got to pay Andrew Wiggins $33 million next year, and then consider what you've got to pay him moving forward. Why not move on from Andrew Wiggins right now? What if the a, a team, and we're, we've been kicking the Sacramento Kings today. What if a team like the Sacramento Kings says, you know what? We need a player like that because we must make the playoffs for the first time in 17 years. The greatest drought in all of pro sports. So we're going to overpay for an Andrew Wiggins. We'll give you the number four overall pick in this coming NBA draft and a player off our roster, whoever that player happens to be. call you got to get salaries to match up, however that is. Maybe there's a Harrison Barnes thrown in there and a couple of wayward pieces. It doesn't really matter. But if you're the Golden State Warriors, how do you not entertain moving on from Andrew Wiggins because you just squoze the most juice out of him that you can, and you figure, you know what? Now's the time to get rid of him and get something for him. The answer to that question is that you already have youth. This is not a team that is exclusively about four older guys. Waiting in the wings are players that you just drafted via lottery picks the last two years. The balance on this team is what allows you to re-sign somebody like that of an Andrew Wiggins. The fact that you have a security blanket of youth, as well as you mentioned, this core that has him as the fourth wheel. You answered your own question, NX Coast. He is the fourth wheel. And you're going to squeeze as much out of these guys, and I'm talking about the core, and extend this window as long as you can. And the same holds true with Jordan Poole. This is a team, it's not as though they're void of any youngsters or they need to get younger. No, the youth is there. In fact, they're in an enviable spot in that these aren't draft picks. Now they have a year or two under their belt. And they're further along as far as becoming legitimate NBA players. Now it's just a matter of working them into the rotation. Because what has to happen going forward is that that aging core, when it comes to Steph, Draymond, and Clay, is that they're going to need and require more rest. So what does that mean? Well, that means you're going to be more reliant and dependent on the Moses Moody's, the Jonathan Kamingas, and the Jordan Pools of the world. That, to me, is the template going forward. And Andrew Wiggins is a big piece of that because – you maybe somebody's going to overpay, but you don't need draft picks at this juncture. What you need, again, is to balance what has been sort of this inequitable. This team right now is old and waiting for a championship, 
and then there's this youth that's still young and green enough while they'll be good one day, but they're not good enough to contribute. All right, here's what we're going to do. Board up, Brian. Get the Corey Alexander sound ready. We're going to take a call. Then I'm going to tell you what some NBA analysts feel is the biggest sticking point for the Golden State Warriors to deal with. But for now, San Jose Joe. He joins us here on 95.7 The Game. Devon and Coe's with you until 1 o'clock today. Joe, when it comes to offseason moves for the Dubs, what do you think they ought to do? We got an aging core, and uh, I think Draymond Green's back injury, I'm, I'm really worried about it. I don't think it's going to go away. This is the kind of injury that probably is going to repeat over the next few years. So I think Draymond Green is, is going to be a depreciating asset. It's not going to be a popular decision, but $27 million for a guy – uh, who's a depreciating asset is something we cannot afford. I think I'll, that I'd look to move past them. Um, I, I think Andrew Wiggins is a keeper because it's about what he's going to give you in the next three years. Andrew Wiggins has a lot of tools that we can use. He is a three and D wing. He is a coach dream. You can put him on the opponent's best player and shut him down. Not too many players are out there who can give you that. I, I'll keep Andrew Wiggins. I send GP two. Um, GP2 is a disruptive defender. Again, for the size, for, for, for the skills that he brings and the, and the money that we're going to pay him, he's a steal. I mean, even if you have to pay him $10 million, I think he's worth it. And I'll keep Kevon Looney as well. And uh, Jordan Poole, I'd probably wait because I think he's a system player. I don't think he's a genius. He's not like a Andrew Wiggins, like number one pick. Uh, you, we need to see him uh, perform, you know, one more season to see what he's really worth. But if, uh, uh, but if but if he demands something like twenty five thirty million, I'll let, I'll let him walk. All right, my man, Joe. Thanks very much for the call. We appreciate it. a lot there. But the one thing he sounds like you, Dan. You know what? You got to keep this guy. You got to keep that guy. Just sign him. You got to sign him. Everyone's got to throw some money around. There is a salary cap. You got to pay a luxury tax at some point. There's got to be a threshold of pain, even for Joe Lacob and Peter Goober. At some point, they got to say, "Listen, we love winning championships, but there there is a number that we have to stop at." Kevon Looney is going to come in and maybe a $10 million. So Kevon Looney you go and get. Kevon Looney is a manageable number. GP2 is a manageable number. It becomes about the extension to Wiggins. Again, I don't think you need to re-sign Jordan Poole this offseason. Jordan Poole, again, is under contract. You don't have to address this until maybe this time next year. And then he becomes an, a restricted free agent. So you don't have the proverbial gun to the head when it comes to GP. But I think that you can do those three. And right. I think that it works under the cap. you got to get a little creative. I think it might be the last we see of, of maybe JTA and or uh, Mr. Damian Lee. But, you know, you move some pieces to free up some money. The big question, I think, going forward is who are the minimum guys who are going to jump on board? Right? Who are those guys, those veterans that have, you know, done just about everything in the NBA. Now they just want to win that chip because now Golden State becomes that destination again. Ring runners. Guys who are ring runners. All they want to do, they get that ring. And that's I'm not ripping that. Guys have done that throughout the history of the NBA. They jump on a squad. They get their ring. That's fantastic. Uh, I know that Carl Malone tried to do it with the Lakers. Remember, Gary Payton tried to do it with the Lakers when they both signed up there, and everyone thought that team was far superior to anyone else, and the Detroit Pistons went on to beat them. Here's Corey Alexander. You hear him on ESPN. Here's what he said about the toughest hurdle the Warriors have for sustaining this. And it has to be what's the threat to every dynasty. It's the salary cap. It's the mm -hmm. fact that the Warriors have one of the biggest salaries and already paying in the luxury tax. And more importantly, 
you've got their second best player in Andrew Wiggins, who will be an unrestricted free agent next year, who could possibly sign a $200 million extension. You've got Jordan Poole, one of their young talents, who will sign a $100 million extension. And then you've got three young studs on the bench waiting in the wind, James Wiseman, Moses Moody, and Jonathan Kaminga, who will eventually get paid. So if there's anything that could end this dynasty, it most likely would be the salary cap. You've got three aging stars in their big three, and how do you pay each and every one of these players moving forward? So, interesting. you got to get these guys in there at some point. There is a salary cap. Uh, there is a luxury tax, and we did get this question on the Xfinity Mobile text line. People wanting to know where the luxury tax payments go. Well, the money that is collected by the NBA is distributed to all the teams who remain below the tax threshold. So... You might be a team that is not good and you don't spend a lot of money. Well, the rest of the NBA that's getting fat off you, they're winning games at your expense, they're paying you to be bad. All right? So that's where that extra money goes. So some teams are incentivized with the TV money they get and the luxury tax money they get. You're almost incentivized not to compete Yeah, no. in a 30-team league. I don't think this is applicable to the Golden State Warriors, obviously. And if you look again, first of all, Corey Alexander was saying, I don't think you can concern yourself about the youngsters who in the first year of their rookie deals were talking about Moody and Kaminga and company, even James Weissman to a certain degree. You crossed that threshold three years from now. You don't have to worry about that right now. There's enough on your plate as far as Jordan Poole, enough on your plate in terms of Wiggins. Jordan Poole, again, I think it's a decision you make next year because you're not up against it. He's still on a contract. It just comes down to whether you want to extend Andrew Wiggins. And I say it's a no-brainer to me. If this is a team that fell short of an NBA championship or the playoffs, maybe, you know, maybe we can sit here and go back and forth on it. But he just locked up Jason Tatum. And I reemphasize again, I think he got into Jason Tatum's head those last two or three games. Jason Tatum knew he wasn't going to score because of, of Andrew Wiggins. And not only that, he's your only two-way player. He... He's got the hammer. He's got more leverage than the Warriors. Jim, let me ask you this. Who else is a two-way player on that basketball team? And what I mean by that, who is going to lock you up defensively, can get out and run, can handle the ball to break pressure, and then offensively is giving you 17 to 20 a game? Well, Clay comes to mind, right? Is he, he can a do that. I guess maybe if he, he can return to being a defensive stalwart maybe right. next year. Certainly was good in this series, the last three games. Draymond is close, not really a 17-point-per-night score. Oh, he's not giving you any offense. You know, he can distribute, though. He is a great passer. I think When I think of Draymond, I think about everything he does. He's X-Factor guy. That is right? That excludes offense. Like, I know he can distribute, but what he does is the spirit, all the intangibles, the glue guy, the defense, the rebounding, but scoring and offense is not one of them. Uh, a lot of stuff going on here at uh, Warrior Central, we'll call ourselves now, because we're, it's pretty much Dub Central until tomorrow when you've got the parade. It all gets started on Market Street. Market in Maine is where it begins. Uh, it begins at 11.20 a.m., so the guess is you'll probably have to get there around 8.30 to secure a decent spot somewhere along the way. And then you'll most likely, my guess is the best route is to take BART. If you're, if you're, I mean, you're a local guy made good. Dan Devone, if you're going to the thing tomorrow, you're coming from another portion of the Bay Area, best thing to do is go BART. 
Take from Bart, the, get off it, Embarcadero. I live it's in this city. Eight, it's through Eighth. Uh, I, I can't speak to the lens of that bridge and the tunnel that wow. you guys have to do. Because you're with. you're locked in right here. Right here, man. I just walked to the thing, get a cab from some angry dude who drops me off three blocks, you know, shy of my destination because, you know, I said something that he didn't agree with. I mean, that's the world we live in. I don't get I out. Have, get out. I have no idea. Seriously, I've been a Bart twice. My mom's never been on Bart. <laughs> She's gonna go to my grave. Oh my god! She was, you know, she she. I want a cable that. car. Can she's I take a, a cable car somewhere? No, no, no. Not unless you're from Oklahoma eating funnel cakes. That's tourist. Here's what my mom always says. You know, she's such a sweetheart. She's just. You know, I've never been on Bart. I'm like, mom, you're, you don't understand how beautiful that is. Just keep it that way. Take her on a Bart ride. Be a good son. Where are we gonna go? Take her on a Bart ride. You can go down to the airport and come on back. <laughs> Does he go to the airport? Now? He goes all the way to the airport. Make sure you get on the right route, though. If it doesn't, one of the two routes towards the airport doesn't go to the airport. You have to get off at a stop just before the airport to get on another train to get to the airport. Know your airport, Bart. Who was who played Spicoli? Sean Penn. So Sean Penn. This is my mom. <laughs> One well, of the great actors of our Probably time. why she wouldn't get on Bart. This is terrible to say, but all those that travel on Bart, ah, I should probably should just keep this in my back pocket. But she won't. So we were headed out to uh, to Stinson Beach. <laughs> my sister has a house out there, and we stopped to get something to eat. And my mom said, did you lock the car door? And I said, yeah, I locked the shoe. She goes, well, I just want to make sure there's some nefarious-looking people hanging around. And I said, well, Mom, really? And I said, she said, yes, hanging around the car. And I went outside. And it was Sean Penn, who looks, you know, sort of disheveled. He's got the half beard going. His hair was a little mangled. And I said, Mom, I don't think Sean Penn wants to Seriously? break into my car. Yeah. Sean Penn was hanging around? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah, no doubt. This is like, yeah, this is like, this is years ago. I said, yeah, Mom, Sean Penn's not going to uh, break into the car. That One of the great actors of our time. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Man. His performance, I Am Sam, I believe is the movie. Oh, God, I forgot about that. Is is among the most uh, impressive performances you will ever see anyone yeah. give, and along with um, Milk, I believe. And yeah, he's been in a number of fabulous things. And it's what's odd is, what did you ask me? Spicoli. <laughs> Who played Spicoli? <laughs> yeah, all these great things that he's won awards for. Yeah, right. But he's known as Spicoli. It's the world I live in. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. So the stance for the Warriors. Oh wait, you got to read this text. Go for it. No, you read it. At the top one? You're driving the 510? chair. 510? Yeah. All right, from the 510. Trade Wiggins and Wiseman, young guy who you don't know what you have yet because he's coming back from the knee issue. Wiggins just coming off his best season as a pro. Trade him to the Los Angeles Lakers for LeBron James and bring him to the Golden State Warriors where he can then ride someone's coattails again to win a chip. Not happening. Why not? Not happening. And I'm waiting on you, text line, and I'm waiting on you, Dub Nation. Did you just hear that? Trade Wiggins and Weissman for LeBron. Sign a big for the middle of... Oh, come on. Where do I begin? What do you mean? Why wouldn't you? If you're Joey Lightyears, isn't that the biggest stick-it-to-you LeBron moment ever? You know what, LeBron? We're going to keep beating you on another team. I'm going to bring you over here on a goodwill mission for you to get one because you can ride my coattails now. That's the biggest stick-it-to-you to LeBron. By the way, I don't think LeBron has much left in the tank. It's it's everything that's wrong with sports in 2022. What good is waking up the morning if you can't have enemies in this world as it relates to sports? Sports enemies. There's I think having a good level of sports hate is good for society. 
What's going on with the Warriors in Memphis? I can't wait for that series next year. Bring it. I hope they – you know what? You know how TNT gets the first two games of the year? One of those first two games had better be Grizzlies-Warriors. I would prefer that it was in Memphis, but they'll probably do it in Golden State because they're going to raise the banner. And you know what happens to teams who raise the banner? Everyone's all kumbaya moment, watching the banner go up. Fans are all excited. They let out a lot of energy early. And when the game starts, the opposition rolls them. Rolls them. Goes up 20 in the first half. <laughs> I mean, who's Clay Thompson talking about on the podium? He's talking about Jaron Jackson in Memphis. I can't believe that. But this is good. This fuels what it is that we enjoy as fans, man. What are you giggling at now, Sean Penn? 510. I just puked in my mouth about the LeBron thing. Yeah, thank the you. 415 held a bleep. Nah, no LeBron to the Warriors. Uh, that's solid. That's solid. There's no way. That would be so wrong. That would be absolutely putrid. <laughs> I would be the first guy. Come on, to I know go you're and trying to LeBron. poke a bear here. You're you're getting. Well, I think it'd be a big. I think it'd be a big poke in the eye to LeBron. Listen, you they keep to... kicking him. LeBron is. You don't want to say he's done. He's still a phenomenal talent and the best player of his generation. And what he did to go to nine consecutive titles is unheard of in today's game. In a weak Eastern Conference, but go ahead. <laughs> And but you how say, is I'm it the guy kicking to, him. How is it sticking it to LeBron if he's coming here? Because we've been beating you, beating you, beating you, LeBron. Guess what? We're going to bring you on over here to win a chip. See how it feels? Yeah. You get to be the fourth wheel on our ride. You get to be the – you know what? The question comes up with the Warriors now. Who's that guy that's going to be the David West? He's going to take the 1.5 uh, <laughs> lowest – minimum salary you can take as a veteran just to win a chip. That's tantamount to bringing LeBron over here and getting that chip as a Golden State Warrior. All right. That's I, my view of it. Yeah, but then once he gets here and it becomes this moment of, yeah, Steph and I, I tried to get him to Los Angeles. I needed to come here. That would be disgusting if they want to title with him. That's not, that's not, that's just not right. He is Back poison. He is poison. LeBron James is poison. He poisoned the well with the Los Angeles Lakers. He went there. Everyone thought players were going to come flying in from other cities to play with him. He orchestrated the uh, Anthony Davis deal with New Orleans, and what did that get him? You can argue a, a chip in the bubble. And I, I'm i the one guy who says it's a chip. A lot of people say you got to put an asterisk. It was in the bubble. Everyone was under adverse conditions. Yeah, everyone was under adverse conditions. The same conditions, and the Lakers came out with the championship. But they have been dog dirt since then. Dog dirt. The most underperforming team that is expected to compete for a championship. LeBron has poisoned the well for the Lakers. He tra- he traded everybody away. He got rid of all the youth. Yep. So now you look around and what you got a bunch of old men going yep. nowhere. Yep. That are all about six foot four. It is an absolute disgrace what he has done to that organization, not dissimilar to what it is he did to Cleveland because he doesn't like playing with young players. I mean, they could have had Andrew Wiggins. Now, albeit it took him a a while while he was miscast out there in Minnesota to be the Andrew Wiggins we enjoy right now. But no, Wiggins, get him out of here. I want Kevin Love. And he's done that just about everywhere he has gone. And Listen, you can say what you want about that bubble. That's a huge asterisk. That's like Roger Maris eclipsing J- Babe Ruth in the home run derby or the, on the all-time list. When we continue on to Vote and Co's, is there one player in particular looking at this situation, getting on his Finsta and complaining? 
We will explain who that player is and why that player is now on the outside looking in at the greatest organization currently going in the NBA. That's with Dan Devone and Jim Cozumore. We're here until 1. You can hit us up, 888-957-9570, the Xfinity mobile text line and the phone line. You get us on the phone calls. We're going to drop, drop you right into the show immediately right here on your proud home, the world champion Golden State Warriors, 95-7 the game. There was this one player on the Grizzlies who tweeted strength and numbers after they beat us in the regular season, and it pissed me off so much. I can't wait to retweet that thing, freaking bum. That, I had to watch that. I'm just like, this freaking clown. Okay. 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 Sorry. That memory just popped up. You're going to mock us? Like, you ain't ever been there before, bro. We've been there. We know what it takes. So to be here again, hold that. Twitter fingers. Can you believe it? I got a memory like an elephant. I don't forget. And there was a lot of people kicking us when we were down. Uh. Congratulations to the 2022 NBA champion Golden State Warriors from 95-7 The Game. In one quote, you got all the reasons Bay Area fans love the Golden State Warriors. In one quote, you got a lot of reasons as to why the rest of America doesn't like the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> but you know what? When you win, you can say anything you want. And he stuck it to the Grizz, and he stuck it to guys who were trying to stick it to him. I say good on you. John Moran, of course, went right back after him and saying, wow, really? We're living in your head after an NBA championship rent-free? And that sort of created a Twitter war with Draymond like got into it. Yeah, I like that. Don't you like that? It was sort of interesting that Draymond went there. Well, But I guess, you know, these guys really live. You know, it's interesting, Coase. Much like that of Michael Jordan getting back to the last dance, these guys really do have to be incentivized. That's sort of this little myopic world they live in. And I think as much as people talk about Steph is oblivious, it's not important to him getting the MVP of the finals, hell no, man. That These guys, I think, live in that world. I yeah, need that. I, I want that. He's got one. He's got two. How many chips does he have? Especially when you start knocking on the door of being in that pantheon of the 10 greatest of all time. Yeah, and that was the biggest argument, was that Steph could do what he wants to do in the regular season and he's super cute doing it. But when the money's on the line, someone else carries the Golden State Warriors. It was Andre Iguodala in the first championship. It was Kevin Durant when they won other championships. A lot of the national punditry pointed out Steph doesn't have much when it comes to the second season, the most important season. Well, now Steph's got it all. Now he gets thrown into that grouping. And I thought it was really poignant when Steph said, "I got." he was so candid, and he said, what's next? What now? What are you going to pick on now? What do you got, Skip Bayless? That what do you good. want for clickbait in terms of what, what What have I not fulfilled now that you're going to go after me? And again, when you get it, you get to say it. He got it. Go ahead. He can call guys out. And I have no problem with guys, athletes calling guys out. They're sitting on top of the mountain. Go say what you want to say. Do you uh, put him in that top 10? Do we even want to have that conversation? I, I, let me just <clears> preface, if we go down that road, I think it's the stupidest conversation. Okay. But I understand it. This is Sports Talk Radio. It's good fodder. I just want to be on record saying it's the dumbest conversation I've ever been involved in. But I will entertain it in terms of putting him in that top 10. I would say I could probably come up with 10 guys who I would put in there before him. But if someone put him in the top 10... I could totally see the argument. No? Now, are you predicating that on NBA championships or just better players in the sport? Like, there obviously has to be a resume. It's tough because there are some guys 
Who's the Golden State Warrior who won championships two times? He won the two they had, and then he won the one with Toronto. And then he now won one in Australia with the Australian Basketball League. He was a bench warmer. Do you guys know who that was? He was a player on the Warriors who yeah, won there two was somebody titles. On Toron- oh, he was McCaw? Bench- not, was it, it, it was it, McCaw. It, yeah. He won two, and then he wins with Toronto. It's nothing but championships for this guy. But really, he's not going to be in the discussion for one of the best players to play in the NBA. So <laughs> while chips can be a part of the discussion, they don't have to be the centerpiece to it. I think it's safe to say that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is on the list of the 10 greatest players in the history of the game. No doubt. I think Wilt Chamberlain is on the list. I think Bill Russell is on the list. Instantly. Instantly on the list. Magic. Larry. Now I'm at five. LeBron. Michael is six. I'm not giving you LeBron yet. You're not giving LeBron? Not yet. What are you waiting for? I'm taking my time. I'm getting through the list. But he's on the list. He's in your Uh, top ten. We haven't gotten there yet. I don't know. I'm trying to think through the names of guys who are all-time greats. I think I've given you the sixth, the sixth greatest. See, it's tough because of eras. George Mikan easily would have been on that list as one of the ten best in the history of the game at some point. Now, Dan, as an L.A. guy, would probably put this guy on the list. But what do you think about Kobe? Kobe is a fringe guy. Like if Kobe's somebody ahead has... of Steph Curry. I'm not sure about okay, that. Okay, well, there you go. I've got Kobe seven, Shaq eight. Now I'm up to oh. eight guys, and I haven't even gotten to and Steph and yet. And I don't know. I put Shaq in front of right. Steph. Here's another. Here's another Think one. about Shaq. What do you? Let's not forget the last four minutes of basketball games in that fourth quarter. Like he couldn't play him because he couldn't shoot free throws. So, no, and I, this is what's so wrong with it is that we gotta break down a dude's resume who's an absolute icon in the sport. That's why this this conversation is so stupid. But you brought it up. If somebody's got to come out, you know, Shaq, get your big ass out of there. Steph's whittling in. What you got, Bryce? Sorry. What about um, now? It's not the greatest name. It's not the sexiest name, but he is a winner. Tim Duncan. Oh yes, hell yes. All right, so now I'm up to nine, and I haven't gotten to Steph or LeBron yet. Imagine Tim Duncan if he did that in New York. You talked about what Steph did in New York. Yep. That's the, the, the one guy flying under the radar in terms of five chips and MVPs. This is a pretty good discussion on top ten. Uh, I'm just telling you that Steph is in there. Did you I just removed two there? of your guys, Larry Legend. <laughs> now where are we at, 10? I had Larry on earlier. Oh, okay. What about Magic? Magic's on there. He, okay. I had him on. You had him on? All right. Yeah, that's how I got up to eight or nine. The question then becomes, I think, Kobe and Shaq. I think those are the movable pieces. It's, it's The easy ones are Russell, Chamberlain, um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Michael, Larry, Magic. So that's sick. Those six are on everybody's I think Le- list. LeBron's got to be automatic. I think you can take Larry off that list and put Steph on. Yeah, I do. I really Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> you are you. You know what? You are banned from the show, Brian. Go home, Brian. You yeah. are banned from the show. Hear me out. Leave he, now. Hear me out. Do you think that the gravity that Steph Curry has? Do you think that Larry Bird actually had that gravity? No, I think he had more of a gravitational pull. See, I disagree. I think Steph wow, Curry what a hater. has more gravity than Larry Bird, no. and that's why it, he's on the top ten. You are a victim of recency bias, is what you are. You do not know. You are the J.J. Redick of this show. 
You do not know the history of the game, and you are just flapping your Bird gums. Play with plumbers and, and electricians. I, yeah, Come on. exactly. JJ Reddick just—I used to like him. I can't. He is unlistenable now. He's—he was such with such jackassery, and I apologize on the Lord's Day and Father's Day if you use such harsh language, such coarse tones on a day like this. Now, now, let Brian, me, let me. I said every, you're off the show. Let me calm everything down, Jim. It's going to be okay. <laughs> Two things can be equally true. Larry Bird can be a great legend, but I can put Steph Curry above Larry Bird on the top 10 list because that's my opinion. Oh, man, with an uptick. Going all the way back to a show that no longer is on the air. He's upticking. Terrible. <laughs> Give me Fremont Kevin because we. the original question was LeBron coming to the Golden State Warriors as suggested by <laughs> someone on the Xfinity Mobile <laughs> text line. Kevin, how quickly would it take you to go buy a LeBron James Warriors jersey? First of all, never. Okay, I would never buy <laughs> his jersey. Um, I don't actually own the moment. But if I was going to pick a, a jersey, to, I, it would actually be um, – well, I'll get to that in a minute. But what I was going to say about LeBron was um, you can't bring a guy in – who is all about me. And there, he's an I, okay? I, and then he brings in and rips up the rest of the team and brings in his uh, cronies to play with him. And that is finally turning out not to work because he's not the player he used to be. So you, you can't do that. If you were going to – I wouldn't get rid of Wiggins, but if you were going to actually unload Wiggins and – Go get you know get a younger player, get a younger impact impact player. But number two, I would also never bring LeBron back to the or, or not back, but over to the Warriors because how can you bring somebody back who who, who went over to the Warriors when uh, he went and and purposely got uh, Green kicked out of the playoffs. Uh, kicked out of the championship round several years ago. He purposely got him suspended. And so, and actually, Green is is my favorite player because he's the blood and guts of this team and and the heart and soul of the of the Warriors. So I'm just you know as far as this uh, getting him anywhere, let him just go try to build his team somewhere else. I don't want him coming anywhere where he's going to rip apart another team, especially the Warriors. All right, my friend. Thank you very much. We appreciate the call. Uh, this off the Xfinity Mobile text line from the 209. I'm sorry, but Shaq and Kobe are certainly going to be in the top 10 list. And then admits, I'm going to take heat for saying this, but Bill Russell needs to be off the list given the era and the competition. 209, you are banned from the program. Ban the 209's phone number if you can, please. Well, it's a good point because, and we talked about this, the only way you can do this is who is the best at that particular time or that particular era, right? You, you can't talk about Babe Ruth, and put him in 2022. It's who was the best in the 1930s. It was Babe Ruth. Who was the best in the 1960s? Was that Bill Russell's reign? That's Bill Russell and company. Really dominated then. So you can't compare. You can't go back. It's, it's futile. And, you know, people, I'm sure that when anybody goes after Bill Russell, the fact that there were how many teams were in the league? 16? So there, and there wasn't a three-point second when you talk about Will Chamberlain. You know, there wasn't three in the key. And then people can say, well, listen, the three-point line is something that wasn't even around, and Steph lives off of that thing. So, yeah, you can't, you can't go back and compare. It's, you can't compare errors. Who was the best at that particular time? 
give them their flowers, and move on. You know what's interesting about the Larry Bird discussion is if he was given the free reign to shoot the three the way Steph is given free range to shoot the three. Think about Jordan. I think that Larry would have put up astronomical numbers. I think if Pete Maravich was given the same opening to shoot the three the way Steph is, I think you would have seen the game change even greater. That's the greatness of the ABA bringing that rule in when they added the four teams from the ABA into the NBA. Steph was given the freedom to do that. Smart mind. Steve Kerr gave him that freedom. And I don't know if Steve just gave him that freedom or if Steph just kind of took it and yeah. Steve said, well, it seems to be working. Anyway that it happened, it worked. But there are some greats in the game that if they were given that same – if Del Curry would have been given that same thing, Del Curry might have been the first Curry to put up those types of astronomical numbers because I think Del Curry still, to me, had the sweetest flick jump shot I have ever seen. You're talking about his pops. His pops. Dell's flick was the quickest. It was the smoothest, easiest stroke I've seen. That's what they say. Yeah, you know, I think this is a credit to Steph because this goes back to Mark Jackson. And I think he revolutionized the sport, and it wasn't because somebody said, well, you can shoot it. Let's get you out there and take advantage of it. I think that's, that's what happens when you have somebody that really changes things and thinks in another direction or sort of, quote, unquote, out of the box. And that's Steph. Steph is like, not only am I going to shoot from the three-point line, I'm going to take this thing and go to 20 to 25 feet. And I'm going to have everybody. It's not what Steph was able to do as far as shooting, but how he changed things defensively. Now everybody gets out and is like, you got to cross dudes, whether it's Dame Lillard, every team has one, right? And you got to guard guys when they cross the timeline. Get into YouTube and watch the 1985 finals, Lakers in Boston. Everything was packed inside. Everything right. was down in the post to Kareem or going to Parrish. There were guys that were wide open from 17 feet. They wouldn't shoot. They were looking to lob into the post. The game changed due to one man. And I think that was Steph Curry, who brought everybody out and created space and then changed things defensively as well. Phone calls, 888 Let's go to Tennessee's in Oakland. Tennessee, my friend, top 10. You got your top 10 list? Are you ready to give it up, Tennessee? Hey, do we have a top 10 countdown um, for him there, Bri? Music? I'm not going to go straight down the top 10. What I want to say about the top 10 is that it's more subtractive than additive. Um, there are maybe 12, 13 guys that quote-unquote deserve to be there, and you have to take the people away like we've been talking about. I might take away um, Hakeem or Kobe or Bird and put Steph above them, but, you know, it's people's opinions. And generally, the way that we write these top ten lists is by the, the players who define eras, right? Starting all the way back in the 60s with Russell and with Wilt, and then Kareem, and then Magic, and Bird, and MJ, and Hakeem, and Kobe, and Shaq, and Timmy, and LeBron, and Steph. And that brings us to 12 of players who have just defined the game in the past 60 years. Um, and those are my thoughts about it. Great show, guys. Thanks. You're a Hang in there, uh, Tennessee. I got a quick question for you. But your Olajuwon um, addition, I think, is a brilliant one. He doesn't get enough credit for being a back-to-back NBA champion. Was, I think, as prolific as him. You, you know what? We didn't even mention David Robinson. David Robinson might be on that list. Um, Tennessee, how did you get the nickname Tennessee? Uh, it's on my birth certificate. It's not a nickname. Get out of here. Wow. Your name is Tennessee? That's awesome. Yeah, it was named after Tennessee Valley. It's where my parents wound up. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah North oh, Bay. How Beautiful. sweet. What yes. a sweet thing. What's your nickname? What do your friends call you? Oh, uh, 10. Okay. All right, 10. 
We, we consider ourselves friends now. Yeah. Ten, you're welcome to join the show anytime you want. It's well thought out ideas on hey, the NBA. Hey, y'all. hey, you know, it was, it was me who was the hell the bleep nah to LeBron. Just watching you know. <laughs> Job 10. Hell the bleep nah. <laughs> I remember that on the Xfinity mobile text line. That was a good one. Let's get to uh, Armando and San Leandro on the dubs. Armando, your thoughts on the future of this team and what they need to do? Um, uh, Armando, you got to come stronger than that, baby. Uh, go Warriors. I like it, Armando. Job. Thank you. <laughs> Armando driving with mom and dad. Said, hey, what if we call the station? Yeah. You know what, though? I'll take a go, Warriors, right now. They won the championship. Job, Armando. I got no problem with that. Armando, you you jump on board, and you have your fun, and if you go to the parade tomorrow, have fun and have a good time doing it. All right? Is that fair? Go get ahead. Someone, we get someone on the Apple? <laughs> Maybe it's your buddy that you were hanging out with this week. Some Charlie. Hey, Chaz, what's happening? Charlie in New York. Hey, Charlie, what? Uh, where are you in New York? I'm in Hell's Kitchen, Times Square. I live. Oh, that's you live in Hell's Kitchen. Well, well, Hell's Kitchen isn't in Times Square. It's adjacent to Times Square. Am I correct? Yeah, the, the, I know. No, Times Square and Hell's Kitchen are technically separate areas. Yes, but, uh, Hell's Kitchen, Forty Third and Tenth. Know it well, man. Know it well. So I was on Forty Second. I was out on that side. I didn't really like it. I felt isolated. But uh, oh, wait, where were you on Forty Second? I was at the end in Hell's Kitchen, towards the the complete other end of Grand Central. In Hell's Kitchen. And I just felt like I was, I may as well have been in, in Brooklyn. I felt like I was sort of isolated out there. Nobody cares about this right now, by the way, Charlie. I do. No, I hear Being you. dismissive about Hell's Kitchen. Well, Hell's Kitchen, before Walt Disney moved in and threw up all over the place, it oh. had a lot more character back in the day. I, I'm born and bred there, so. Wasn't it better with those little porn joints where you can, like, and now everything has gone Disney, Madison Avenue. You got, like, you know, take that take that crap and get it the hell out of town. Bring it back to the 1970s. Absolutely. You guys are awful. You guys are awful human beings. Be able to walk down the street at 10 o'clock at night and be scared to death. Now... Now, now I'm safe. Now you, you... Who wants that, Charlie? Who wants that? I want the I want the thrill of not knowing if I'm going to make it back to my apartment. Exactly. I like when I went out with my buddies and, and, and to go out and grab something to eat, and not knowing if you're going to get back home alive. And you had your keys stuck between your knuckles and your your fist. You know, you balled your fist up, and those keys were in case you had to take a swing at somebody. There were going to be little mini spikes that were going into somebody. Right? You hang out with me. That's <laughs> keys in my hand. Add a boy. Add a boy, Charlie. Using the Odyssey app the right way. All right. The uh, Wiggins LeBron trade, Charlie. What do you got on that? Oh. But most times when people call up and they propose a trade, I'm like, eh, you know what? Let's get LeBron. Let's bring him in. That's my guy, Charlie. That's my guy. I, I, I think I think a starting five of uh, Clay, Steph, Green, and LeBron. LeBron wasn't – listen, he's 37, 38 years old, but he had a great year last year on a team that had no one on it. it I mean, in all honesty, I would go to Wiggins. If he was willing to sign us, some, listen, I don't know what they can afford going forward. they got to pay all these players. You know, is Wiggins going to – would he sign a four-year deal worth $100 million after next year? Would he take a pay cut? Would, uh, you know, what's Looney going to get? Uh, Poole, what is he getting? Four for 80? Now, it's, it's not our money. It's Lakeup's money. But if somehow 
Wiggins was not willing to do that. LeBron is a billionaire with a B. He, I mean, I know he's, I think he's under contract. But if I can bring LeBron in here for two more years, and, and uh, you know what? I, I don't even know why I'm saying this because I can't stand LeBron, but I, I think I would do it. I think I would bring I love LeBron in. It. It would, it would, they would win. They would, they would repeat without a doubt. I love it, Charlie. Best call of the day. Hey, happy Father's Day, Charlie. We appreciate it, my friend. Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> Dan Devone's going to start hanging out in Hell's Kitchen. No, I hung out in Hell's Kitchen. I know it well. I didn't like it. I was just, it was a cool area. I just felt isolated out Tell there. me what you like. You tell me a lot of things you don't like. <laughs> That's so what I'm give me the, out give me the shorter York. list of things you like. I like when one o'clock hits and I can get the hell out of here. Exactly. <laughs> you and I got to hang out at the Kalapa Y and have Kalapa some y, fun right. in Kailua. On Oahu, and we can relax a little bit. I had a, God, I had a Hawaii reference for you. I forgot what it was. Coming in, I was like, God, Jim would appreciate this. Ah, we're halfway through the show. You can get it to me in just a little bit. All right? It'll come back. Um, we also are going to ha- get Kevin Dano on. He's going to talk dubs with us. We'll throw some of these ideas around. Would you go after LeBron? Would you get rid of Wiggins? Which you I think is a big a one. Bit. You are really going to create something that does not need to necessarily even go there. Listen to me. they got to make a decision. And if you use the genius of the greatest head coach in the history of the Bay Area, Bill Walsh, followed closely by Bruce Bochy, followed closely by Steve Kerr, in that order, all right, you get rid of a guy too early, not too late. You just got the most out of Wiggins anyone has ever gotten out of him. You know, time to move on. Inspired Bill Walsh, as well as Eddie DeBarlow, is the dynasty prior to them in the NFL with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And yes. what did Pittsburgh do because of that love affair, the blue-collar mentality, the Rocky Blyers, the Mean Joe Greens? We're not trading these guys. We're going to get old with them. Yep. They became irrelevant until, what, Neil O'Donnell took them to a Super Bowl. Seriously. It's a good reference. That team was trash for decades. And the Niners looked at them because they were the last team to be that quote-unquote dynasty and said, we're not going down like that. So there is truth to what it is that you're saying. But how do you balance that with the Golden State Warriors? Like, I mean – because you could have said that prior to this season. They just won you a championship. This is going to be an interesting thing. That was very watch. Ray Ratto-esque what I said. I actually was was channeling Ray Ratto, and I almost said that's very, very – I almost said, you know, Ray Ratto would say that I'm going to be happy at, at 1 o'clock when I leave. <laughs> the 650 chiming in at your expense. So we're going to get Kevin Dano on. We also want you to go to our Twitter handle, at 957thegame. Uh, the Twitter question is, of the four Warriors championships, which one is the most satisfying? Is it the first one in which they knock off Cleveland? Is it one of the KD ones? Or is it this fourth one? For me, I think it's the fourth one. Because this is the the most unexpected of the championships. The first one, you could see it coming. The next two, by far best team of the NBA. This one, never saw it coming. Never saw the Golden State Warriors being in this circumstance, and they were. So, you jump on 95.7 The Game, the Twitter handle, vote on the poll. We'll let you know how it's going at the halfway point of the program, Dan. Do you have two more hours of sports conversation left in you? i got about 20 minutes, and then oh. you got to carry this pig. Well, that's why we got Oh, to- you know, we got a wheel here we're going to spin. Can I explain that when we come back? When we continue, we've got a wheel that Dan will explain. Spin it so people can hear it right now. Can you... Can you hear that wait, in the wait, audience? Hold on here. That was the weakest spin ever. <laughs> that was so weak. Chris is, was he, he was in workshop up in his garage for like a day and a half putting this together. You ready? Can you hear that? 
Yeah, exactly. Dan's going to explain what that that's is. That's exciting when stuff, we continue. man. That's good sports talk radio. I know. Don't go anywhere. That's the kind of fare you get on Father's Day, right? You can't, you're not going to find that on any other sports talk station in America. Join us, please. 888-957-9570. That's the Xfinity mobile text line. It's our phone number. It's Dan Devone. It's Jim Cozumar on a Father's Day on 95.7 The Game.